This morning's reading comes from Acts 4, and it's chapters 32 to 37. It can be found on 1903 in the Bibles. The believers share their possessions. All the believers were of one in heart and mind. No one claims that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, who the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he had owned, and he bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you, James. We'll let you hobble down the stairs. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, how we praise you that you are a generous God, that you give to us more than we are aware of, that you've made us in your image. And we thank you for this snapshot of the early church, so united and generous, kind, bold. Pour your spirit on us that we would become more like that. And speak to us, we pray, individually. Thank you, as Andy said earlier, that we don't need to fear in the sense of be afraid of you, but to reverence you and know your goodness. So help me as I speak and help us as we listen and give us grace to put into practice what you teach. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I will do my best to honour my word, and this will be a shorter than it would have been by as long as the interview was, <laughs> so you know where we're going. Um, I've sometimes told this story in an all-age service, and it's, this is just a fairy story, but it, the point it makes is really an important one, uh, and we'll see, see it from Scripture later. So there's a fairy story of a, a king in a faraway land uh, where all his folks lived in in that they were all, they were all, no one had need. There was plenty to go around. And he had a son, a new prince, and he wanted to throw a party for his son. So he said, invited everybody in his small kingdom to come to a party for the prince. But he asked everybody to bring a gift to the prince. Would you make a small cup or a bowl or a goblet out of silver or gold uh, and bring it? Now there was resources in this wonderful hypothetical kingdom uh, and some people loved the king and the prince so they made a reasonable size cup or bowl some of them were really miffed this king he owns everything why should i and they made tiny little goblets or tiny the smallest ones they could get away with and they came to the party and the king welcomed them all rejoiced in the young prince thanked them for being such wonderful citizens of his kingdom and he said, I don't really want to take from you. I want to give you. So take the goblet or the cup you've made and go to my treasury and fill it up with jewels and take them home with you. And those who had made big cups did rather well out of this. And those who had made the tiny, mingy little ones could hardly fit anything in them. And it's a silly story, 
and obviously hypothetical fairy story. But the point it illustrates is so true of the God of the Bible, that he is a God who wants to give to us, not to take from us. But the way he gives to us is for us to become more truly ourselves, more like him. And it is in giving that we receive. That is one of the great, great principles of the Christian life. Uh, just a verse from Jesus' teaching in Luke 6:38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's connecting with that rather silly story. Now, we've heard from Daniel and Evan today, who gave, have given a year voluntarily serving the church, and we can see the joy in them. We've watched them grow. Uh, we're sorry uh, to be losing Evan back to Wales, but rejoice in that. We're glad that Daniel's staying with us. We've heard from James and Ruth about how they have given of their time and resources, and God has blessed them. Uh, normally in these sort of sermons, I tell stories of my own life. I'm not going to tell any of those today because we've heard from them, and I've promised to keep this shorter rather than longer. But the point is that God is the great giver. Perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, our service of Holy Communion, that we'll come to in a few minutes' time, reminds us that Jesus gave his life. We remember his body broken, his blood poured out. He gave so we can have life, so we can be forgiven, so we can be adopted into his family, so we can be part of his great church worldwide, all nations and races, young and old, rich and poor, male and female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And we cannot outgive this God. Uh, I've learned a few things about giving. Each time I feel the Lord asking me to give a bit more, I feel uncomfortable about that. I wonder how things will work out. I know I can't preach unless I obey, so I do the giving. And God blesses. I don't understand it. Um, well, I do understand it because you can't outgive God. It's not normally in financial terms. Occasionally it happens in financial terms. Uh, but as we give to God, he gives us things that are so much more worthwhile in terms of relationship and joy and peace and provides for our needs. I often illustrate it like this. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, we'll pray this during communion, we pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. So we, we let, if I'm holding on to a grudge, my hands are not open to receive the forgiveness God wants to give me. When I release others, I can receive what God wants to give to me. When we hold on to our resources and keep them tightly, afraid that we won't be able to cope, we can't receive what God wants to give us. It's as we give that our hands are open to receive what God wants to give to us. And so Christianity is about forgiveness and giveness, if you like, giving and forgiving. Uh, wonderful examples from the testimonies we've heard today. Uh, so let me come to this uh, short passage from Acts chapter 4. We're going through Acts, and just three quick thoughts uh, from this snapshot of the early church. Last week, Eleanor was preaching about that amazing prayer meeting as they were persecuted. They didn't pray the Lord would take the persecution away. They prayed for boldness, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and given courage and boldness. But going on from that, the Holy Spirit not only gives courage and boldness, but he's enabled them to live with a deep unity and a generosity and a blessing that overflows to others. Uh, 
This struck me. There were no needy people among them, verses 33 to 35. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, we praise God that we've been, uh, been okay through COVID. Many, many of you are very generous in your regular giving through standing orders and now the parish giving scheme. And while the giving has stayed flat, our expenditure has been down and we made a little bit of a surplus in the last few years, we've been okay. It's been a little bit hairy, but we've been okay. But a couple of years ago, I asked folks to give in to the hardship fund because we knew many of our people would be in need. And lots of you who God had blessed financially gave into that. And we've been able to give to a lot of people in our, in our church family and beyond on the fringes who've been in need. Now, we know that with the price rises in gas and electricity coming together with inflation, there are going to be far more people in need this autumn. And so I want to invite those of you that have more than you need to give extra into this hardship fund or just generally into the church accounts. We have to pay the staff, we'll have to increase salaries so they can pay their heating bills and so on. Um, in, the, in this passage, they just lay it at the apostles' feet. You use it as it's needed. But for those of you that God is nudging by his Holy Spirit, even now, and you'll know it, please do it would be wonderful to really bump up that hardship fund so we can be generous to those who have need and not only just help them uh, stay from freezing and starving, but to be generous so they can live a little bit more comfortably as many of us can. And I want to say to those of you who are struggling, please let us know. I know many people who most need a hardship fund are the most reluctant to ask for it. Please let us know. It's one of the great pleasures and delights to be able to give to those in need because people from the church family have given. Uh, it would be wonderful to be able to say absolutely confidently no one part of this church family was in need because those have shared as the early church did. That was the first thought. I'll stop there and I don't want to preach three sermons. Second thought was to do with Barnabas. Actually his real name Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, verse 36 and 37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas was his nickname. He was just such an encouraging fellow. He was probably always giving, saying kind things, giving things, just the person you want to be part of your small group or your ministry. He sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. He wasn't the only one. Others had done that. Uh, but when we read through Acts, you will meet Barnabas from time to time. And God blesses him and gives him more ministry and more responsibility as each time we meet him. Uh, a church breaks out in Antioch. They're not quite sure whether it's any good or not. Is it okay? They send Barnabas. And he's thrilled what's going on. He reports back. He goes and gets St. Paul, who was known as Saul of Tarsus. He brings Saul in. It was Barnabas who brought Saul to the apostles. Uh, they go off on missionary journeys together. Um, even Barnabas had his limits because Paul was an awkward so-and-so from time to time and they fell out over something. But then there were two missionary journeys because Barnabas went off with John Mark and Paul with Silas. My thought from Barnabas is that here was someone God could trust. He was a giver. He didn't hold on stuff for himself. 
And as he gave of his financial resources, so God blessed him in so many other ways. I don't know if you've come across this verse where Jesus taught in in Luke 16. There's lots uh, about money in Luke 16. Jesus said, if you're not trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? In the light of eternity, money is not very wealthy. Heaven is paved with gold slabs. It's just pavement, pavement. Uh, True riches are relationship with God and with each other. And if we're tight with our money, how on earth is God going to bless us with true riches? And it's as we learn to give out of our financial resources that God learns to bless, uh, that we're able to receive the blessings that God wants to give. I'll move on because I said these would be quick. Uh, Third one is about, third point is about the growth of the church. This church that is determined to give, to be generous, to be holy, that puts up with persecution and just wants to be bolder, that's generous, there is this remarkable growth. And God meets their needs, and they keep trusting, and the church grows. Now, as Carolyn was praying earlier, we are becoming a mission hub church. It was one thing to ask the church to give generously for when we were redeveloping this church and giving 10% away. But we're now, I'm now going to be asking you to give generously to bless other churches, to help them do what they couldn't do. We're going to be giving our time and our energy and our resources and our finances. And we're in good relationship with lots of churches in the area, and we really want to see other churches flourish so more people can come to know Jesus. The bishop has challenged every church in the diocese to plant a new worshipping community over the next decade. Well, some churches are barely hanging on to life let alone looking to plant new. There's much that God has given us that we want to give away. Uh, Partly I'm nervous about that, but I'm preaching to myself. Give and it will be given to you as we look to give. We're giving James and Ruth away. We haven't got any choice about it. I mean, they're going, but we're we're choosing to bless them as they go. Uh, I always pray for everyone, Lord, that you take away. Please bring us two who who can really help develop the ministry, who can then go on and be built up to bless others. So there are three quick thoughts from this one. No needy people. Those of us who have more than God has, than we need, let's give. And as James shared, there's our regular giving, and this isn't a sermon about the regular giving, but if you've never sorted that out, please do. On the welcome desk, you can find the details of the parish giving scheme. Uh, you can put you in touch with Zach, our new treasurer, or Andrew, who's handed over to him, who's known how this works for a long time. But this is, we give because we're made in God's image. He is the great giver. We're made to be generous. We give because Jesus is Lord. If he's my Lord, everything about me belongs to him, including my finances. And we give because of the opportunities for mission and ministry in the church. Uh, So if you haven't sorted your regular giving, please do. Uh, As we come out of COVID and ministry opens up, we're going to need those resources to do what God's calling us to do. But I also want to invite you, some of you, to give some one-offs. It may be we're just processing, you know, my mum died, dad died a few years ago. My sister and I looking to how to tithe mum's estate to the church she was part of and to our churches. Uh, some of you will receive legacies. Do tithe that to the church. Uh, when you do your will, why not tithe it to God's kingdom? Uh, Juliet and I have typical mirror wills, so if one of us dies, it will go to the other. But when both die... It's tithed before it goes on to our, to our kids. Uh, and in God's economy, he knows where the resources are needed and when. 
but some of you will have one like James's consultancy he talked about, uh, could give more and then God gives more and it's just a virtuous cycle. If the Lord is nudging you to do one of those one-off gifts, then please do. Uh, I'm not going to say any more than that. That could be the shortest for a long time, apart from all age. So Eleanor and the band, would you come back ready to lead us in our last song? And let's stand and we'll pray together. And as we stand, we bow before you, dear Lord Jesus. We bow before you, Heavenly Father. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you live in an eternal relationship of love and generosity. We praise you, God, our Father, that we cannot outgive you. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice of yourself for us. Pour out your spirit now on us. Let's just keep quiet for a minute or so. See what the Lord wants to whisper to us. Some of you are in need, and the Holy Spirit might be nudging you to let us know. Do talk to me or one of the other leaders. We'd love to help you. God wants to bless you. Some of you are going through difficult times, and as James and Ruth have said, God is faithful, even when life is very difficult. So we pray, Lord, for grace to persevere and to trust you. Some of you know that you have more income or resources than you need. You might like to ask the Lord to put a figure in your head to give that we can share that with those who are in need. Just keep still for another minute. And we pray. Dear Lord God, pour out your spirit on us as we worship you in song, as we meet around your table, day by day, week by week, in triplets and small groups, over the summer at New Wine and on holiday, would you open our eyes to see your goodness to us and would you open our hands to share that goodness with others? So continue to minister to us as we sing of your goodness in creation, of your goodness in salvation. Release the resources that are needed for the ministry you're calling us to do. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.